Avengers. I don't know, that's how that would go. Uh, Ah, oh, screw this. I'm walking out. Walked Out, the movie game show podcast. Welcome everyone to Walked Out, the movie game show podcast. This is a movie game show. We play games based around movies and reviews until by the end of the season, we'll have a final victor. This week's theme is musicals. My name is Amy. You may know me from when I was a mischievous nun sent to look after seven children in Austria. <laughs> on the show today, to the, my left, is Matt, who left the superhero mutant life to become the world's greatest showman. And on my right, Stuart, who once, after innocently purchasing a flower, ended up having to feed it human flesh, leaving him no choice but to commit arson and extraterrestrial abuse. Welcome to the show, guys. I feel like abuse is a strong word. Is that one Little Shop of Horrors? Because that plant had it coming. It wasn't a good plant, I'll be honest. It was not a good plant. It, it was quite a mean plant. He won an Oscar, though, so that's always fun. Fantastic voice. Yeah. Fantastic voice. And absolutely iconic. I didn't watch this one. <gasps> Must, Matt. You must. You had one job this week. I purposely didn't watch that movie for my review this week. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Because of how much I already love it. I I had too many choices. I'm I'm glad we delayed this episode because there are so few musicals I've actually seen. being said before we dive into the magical world of musicals it would be wrong to ignore the world's cry to educate ourselves on anti-racism movements particularly anti-black i myself started my journey by watching 13th by ava duvernay which it's a fantastic documentary on how high black crime rates fuel and basically fund the u.s system and to be honest guys i think it's taught me a lot about the current state of affairs as well as how racism has actually evolved from name-calling to the systemic racism that that we're facing today. Mm. Um, You guys, Mm. before lockdown, I believe, saw Queen and Slim. I've not seen that. That's right. We did. That's right. It was, yeah, very last movie we watched before the lockdown properly took place. Uh, We saw it by chance. I hadn't heard of it, but Matt wanted to see it because he'd heard it was a good movie. And I mm. went along. And you know what? I'm glad I did. Everyone says it's a Bonnie and Clyde story. Uh, watching two people, they literally travel across America trying to escape from uh, the authorities because of a situation... From America. Well, yeah, from America. They were put in a situation that was not their fault in the slightest. It starts off pretty normal. Uh, they're on a date, but then it goes horribly wrong on the way home. And they're just forced into this situation that's very relevant to um, what's happening uh, currently. I feel like it's quite real. Like, is it mm. the way that they um, do it? Is it quite shocking, quite hard hitting? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it starts with the two characters being pulled over, and it's an aggressive police officer. He'd been done on previous charges of uh, harassment uh, in the past, so he shouldn't have been in the force in the first place. But because of his actions, they cost the lives of these two people. So it's a pretty good must-watch then, really. Like you said, Stuart, Um, it does sound quite relevant. Better than Green Book. Better than Green Book. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoyed it better than... That's good. good. 
we we also saw Green Book, which is uh, an empty movie. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It, it's actually really likable, but there's, there's not really anything to it. Yeah, the families of the characters being portrayed, they hated how their uh, relatives were portrayed oh, in no. that film. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas Queen and Slim, I believe, yeah, it's based on real events that do happen constantly, but they are, it is yeah. a fiction. Real life inspired. Yeah, absolutely. But definitely an excellent movie. Yes. Edge of my seat the entire second half of that film. I, I, I also watched 13th as well as Amy today. Did you did you enjoy 13th? Yeah, it, it's really good. Although I kept realising as I was watching it that I've seen it before. Not directly, but like I've seen like a lot of videos about the topic like over the last year or so, and I kept as I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh, I've heard all these statistics before, I've heard these quotes before," I've... and I realized everything I'd seen had come out after, so they'd just taken from the movie, like pretty much. <laughs> well, that's good that it's such yeah. an influential movie, and that a lot of people have obviously drawn from it. But guys, let's mm. let's not dwell too much on this because I do think we'll need a proper episode to dive into black cinema and because i think that's gonna be a really cool genre like you were saying um the other day matt about us and jordan peele being a fantastic addition to to the horror genre so we definitely need to do a whole episode about this um but for now what we'll do is in our in our sort of podcast description we'll drop um our friend's twitch channel because he'll be uh raising funds for the Minnesota Freedom Fund, uh, and some other charities in the description as well. Because uh, we need to remember to educate, donate, and petition, because, you know, black lives do matter. Absolutely. So, guys, I picked musicals, and I'm very excited about this, because, I mean, two reasons. first one is don't really think musicals are normally up your street. Outside of Disney and some of the really big ones, yeah. I've not watched that many of the really big musicals. Mm. Yeah, I, I've seen very few that actually fit your category. Did were you guys um, were you guys drawn to maybe the newer musicals, or oh. did your first thoughts were go all the way back, sort of classic Wizard of Oz, Sound of Music? I watched something very new. It was on Netflix, and it's called uh, Emo the Musical. <laughs> and oh, I didn't get around to that one. It, it's, it's very sweet. It's an Australian film, and it's about a kid who moves school because he basically consistently pretends to commit suicide um, for whatever his reasons. Um, so, they, mm. so he gets expelled from that school and goes to this other school. Boys will be boys. And it's a it's a state school, so obviously there's a lot more diverse group of people there from his old private school. So he meets some other emo kids that he hangs out with and sort of starts a band. And then there's another clique, which are the, um, I guess, the like Jesus freaks. They're like very new age evangelical um, group of, of teenagers, you know, sworn to God um, religious mm. groups. Mm. And it's sort of like a turf war between the two of them, because obviously the emo kids can be seen as very, like, satanic and they love the dark stuff. Mm. It's a bit of a Romeo and Juliet scenario between the two groups. And the the music was very catchy. After the week I've had, I've had it up to here with Romeo and Juliet scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice segue. It was, it was, it was very sweet. 
Yeah, I want to talk about West Side Story because, like, when you asked about whether we went old or new, I did both. Like, I don't think I did anything much between West Side Story and Les Miserables, but God, West Side Story. (laughs) (laughs) Right, guys, let's let's jump on to your reviews because I'm really excited to see what films you've actually brought to the table this week. So for our first game, who's reviewing, is where Matt and Stuart have picked a musical movie each. They'll read out three reviews, two of which are real online reviews, and one is their own. Our job, and I guess yours too, is to guess the movie, and for bonus points, can we guess which is their own review? Who wants to go first? Um, heads. Say heads or tails, Stuart. Now, heads, I'm going to okay. get an actual coin for this, because oh. 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 y'all are always cheating at heads and tails and making me go last. So being the host this <laughs> week... You don't, you get, don't get to go at all. I'm actually going to do it. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, you ready? he said heads, which meant, which meant I go first, but fine. Okay, Stuart's going heads. <laughs> it is heads, Stuart, you're going first. Woo! <laughs> okay. The coin has decided. Amy's go rules. Ahead, <clears throat> <clears throat> a harmless movie, but a mediocre musical. This movie mm. was clearly made as a comedy first and a musical second. As a comedy, it's harmless enough. I'm sure the kids watching would get a few laughs out of it, but I was there for the music, and it didn't deliver. I felt like this movie didn't really want to be a musical, but was forced into it, electing to make meta jokes, referencing the fact that it was indeed a musical, instead of actually making one. There were some new songs, but they do not hold a candle to the originals from 1982. Oh, 82. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I was thinking one, but then the date came out. Yeah, I don't know the dates of any of the musicals. So the original was made in 1982, and uh, this is a remake of something from 1982. Mm. The one I watched wasn't actually 1982. So we know it's a comedy. My brain's going The Producers, because that has meta jokes, and it's a remake. Oh, I do love The Producers. I see, I, I was, now I was thinking Lion King, because that's new. Ooh. That's got new songs, but I don't think the original was 82, it was 94, wasn't it? I have no idea. That was Renaissance Disney, so it was in the 90s. I do remember when you said what kind of musicals we have to do, Amy, my brain genuinely went like, what musicals have I seen apart from, like, Oliver and the producers? (laughs) (laughs) I love the producers so much. That might be my favourite musical, actually. (laughs) Okay, review number two. Review number two. Not many clues so far. Trying to modernise a well-loved story is foolish! (laughs) If you change things, you are damned for changing. If you keep things the same, you are damned to be compared to the original. This film does both and fails. Seeing it in a modern time makes you cringe with embarrassing. Acting kids always have that smiley, theatre-trained, overconfident, precocious, totally unreal, fake sound and look, which is pretty much the standard for a group of kids particularly in musicals. However, you can excuse the kids because the adults are so much worse. Cameron Diaz cannot act. It was pitiful. Do not waste your time with this film. You will never get these two hours back. You have been warned. Um, oh, I have no idea now. Cameron Diaz in. <laughs> and what, what sort of musical would such an aggressive person be watching? And it's got kids in it. Annoying kids. Annoying, yeah, overacting I... kids and Cameron Diaz. And it's a remake from 1982. It's a comedy. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of many remake. without my kids in. 
I mean, there's Matilda the musical, but I don't think they've put that on film. Charlie's Angel doesn't have any songs, does it? That's not a musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am really stuck. That's all I've got so far. That's all I've got. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. The remake of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. I don't know. That's how that would go. They did a remake of Oliver Twist at one point. That was when was the original Oliver Twist? Ooh, that might have been later than the eighties. I have no idea. Let's go review number three. There aren't enough clues apart from all of the clues. Cameron Diaz, Annoying Children. It's a remake with new songs. Comedy remake, 1984, new songs. I'm putting on my best show. How could anyone not like this movie? I grew up watching the original and have fond memories of it, but I prefer to watch this version any day of the week. Watching Jimmy Fox's character fall in love with Wallace's character during her performance of Opportunity is beautifully moving and is the moment that is the essence of what this movie is about. If you've heard negative things about this movie, just watch it and make up your own mind. Is that Jamie Foxx? Yeah, Jimmy Foxx. Oh. I heard Jimmy Foxx. No, it's Jamie Foxx. I, I got that. I think I got that on Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I think that's just... It's definitely Jamie Foxx. If it's the yeah. film I'm thinking of, it's definitely... I, I don't I remember Cameron Diaz now. being there, but it is a remake. We both think we know it. Should we say it at the same time? Okay. Three. Two, one. one. Annie. That's right. That's Fuck what I was going to say, but for some reason I, I, I had Wanda stuck in my tongue. Uh. With Black Annie and Jamie Foxx and apparently Cameron Diaz, but I don't remember yeah. Cameron Diaz being there. When we were doing the Black Movies bit at the beginning, I was trying to remember if I could think of any Black musicals, and all I could think of was The Wiz, and, and that's about it. <laughs> mm, but which review is Stuart's? hard Ooh, i think this okay. episode is gonna be really hard because i i, d- I don't yeah, know but... your thoughts on musicals at all yeah i have no idea either right so, so what, what, what are the, the summaries of the, the reviews, reviews again? okay a harmless but mediocre musical trying to modernize and well-loved story is foolish i'm putting on my best show five out of ten one out of ten nine out of ten see i don't think you have that opinion about modernizing musicals yeah, I think you'd be okay with that. Or that you've seen the original. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing number three, but I have no idea. What about you, Amy? I'm going to say, what was number two? That was... Trying to modernise a, a well-loved story is foolish. One out of ten. Okay, I'm going to go with the first one. Okay. About harmless but mediocre. Uh, point to Amy. <gasps> oh. That's right. So I watched it. I watched the original Annie. They were both on Netflix. That's why I decided to do this. I watched the original and then went along to watch the remake. I thought that would be a nice way to get a big old direct comparison, see pros, cons, see the negatives, see the positives. And, you know, it's fine as a film. Like, I could see little kids wanting to watch it and, like, have a good time. But as a musical, as a comedy, it's fine. But as a musical, it's wanting i went in there there's not much to be loved as far as the music is concerned Mm. they instead elected to make yeah like i said in the my review they just make jokes constantly about how ah yeah just sing a song people love that and it's like okay very clever (laughs) They, they were overly mean to cameron diaz it's not cameron diaz's fault she has a solo in the song she sings little girls she plays miss hannigan yes yes Yes, I remember now. But she sings it with 
instead of singing like Cameron Diaz normally sings, she sings it, little girls, and she puts on like a a, a gruffer mm. accent and it does not work. Yeah. It's not Cameron Diaz's fault. I blame the directing or the sound direction on that side because I've heard her sing before. She sings in The Mask all those years ago and she sings in other stuff and she's fine. She sings in Shrek, doesn't she? And that's a lovely voice. She does sing in Shrek. Exactly. That's oh, the other comparison. She explodes a bird. In the karaoke, in the Shrek in the Swamp karaoke <laughs> dance party. And through the wilderness. And no one needed you. It took me way too long when I was a kid to realise the joke is that she's singing like a virgin. Because I didn't know the song. <laughs> I was like, what is this song? It's not very good. <laughs> She does have a lovely voice. Yeah. So do do you think she was do you think she was cast wrong then? Do you think they should have found someone who was just naturally a bit gruffer? Or do you think she could have played it how she normally They wanted the star power because I feel like they wanted Jimmy Fox to have the star power, but I don't think he was in twenty fourteen. I don't know how big an actor he was in 2014 he had a bit of a boom yeah. didn't he a, yeah. a few years ago he had a small boom uh, oh it was this is post Django yeah so it was sort of Django and then he did White House mm. Down I think that was a big one I enjoyed that that movie was big but I think Jimmy Fox uh, Jamie Fox sorry Jamie Fox and Cameron Diaz were the star drawers and Cameron Diaz was still a drawer at the time I haven't seen her in much recently apart from the elusive Shrek 5 <laughs> but yeah she was yeah she was miscast unfortunately yeah, jamie fox exactly. was great he's really charming and likable and he gets a, an original mm. solo like that wasn't in the original 1982 film and he's great but there were some other things as well the first movie open opening credits there's a song and then the movie begins there's a song immediately after there's a song there's a song there's a song <laughs> the remake you have to wait 10 minutes before the first song begins. Uh... And I was keeping an eye on the time as well. It's 10 minutes before the song. And it's too plot heavy for a, just a fun musical. They're too focused on mm. making... Mm. You're not making a spy thriller. Just, you know, just have an orphan girl. She gets adopted by a millionaire. <laughs> Keep it simple. But instead they go into details about how his phone network works and uh, how he got rich. Yeah. I suppose in the original there's like Daddy Warbucks or whatever it is and they're never really clear on it. You think they were, they were trying to do the sort of foster care message? It, they do have a few throwaway lines. Like there's one girl that's older. She says, no, yeah, no one wants to adopt teenagers, etc., which is regrettably very true. Yeah, that's really true. And they and I noticed that they sing in the in the Hard Knock Life song. They say when you're an orphan kid in the remake. They say when you're a foster kid. It's a Hard Knock Life. They start saying that in the opening to the song, and then the rest of them start saying, "What is a hard? What does that even mean? It's a Hard Knock Life. It means your life sucks." And I'm like, "Great, yeah. Everyone knows what it means. Maybe you should just yeah. have a new new song." Aww. It's it's too meta, and also everyone knows what it means because the original is like culturally ubiquitous. Yeah, you've summed it up perfectly. They should have so you, they should have just committed mm. to remaking it. Yeah, because they had uh, during the opening sequence, she's running to the restaurant where her parents supposedly abandoned her or something, and they've got motifs of the original songs playing like the instrumentals, and I'm like, mm. but it's a bit more 21st century. I'm like, okay, this is great. They're bringing Annie into the 21st century. I was expecting, and from that, I thought, okay, they're not going to have the originals. They're going to reference them, but they're going to do something new. But they didn't. They just they, they had a few mm. original songs, but for the most part, all the songs were 
uh, remasters of those original songs, but they don't work in a 21st century setting. But my biggest flaw right from this movie, to shit on it a little bit more, is this weird phones are bad, but actually phones are good message that they have. So Jimmy Fox's character, Stax, his company is a mobile phone company. Halfway through, one of Jimmy Fox's, secu- Jimmy Fox's security guards uh, take Annie and show her the surveillance room. And he says, people are scared of the government. They should be scared of this. And he shows her all the surveillance <laughs> stuff that Mr. Stax has, like spyware uh, in mobile yeah. phones. So I'm like, okay. Basically the scene in the Dark night. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Dark Knight stuff. But at the very yeah. end of the movie, where Annie gets kidnapped by uh, villainous villains, they use that same spyware to find her again. So what's the message? Mm. Oh, that spyware's bad, but it's good for finding missing persons. Good thing we all got Twitter mm. accounts to keep an update of where Annie is. Yeah, we couldn't possibly have just put like an existing parent app on that phone. Yeah, so super mixed. Super mixed. I totally get what you mean by there just wasn't Mm. enough musical to it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I do distinctly remember because there was a remix of Hard Knock Life that used to go around on like... The Austin Powers one or... Evo pages and stuff. (laughs) And then I was almost like, I was so expecting them to do that in in this Annie. And like you said, they cut Hard Knock Life quite short. Mm. And I'm like... Oh, where's my cool Hard Not Life remix? (laughs) (laughs) I also did a little bit of digging about why this movie existed in the first place. But I mentioned that scene to my sister and um, and how I was what I was doing for this episode of the podcast. And she brought she was surprised at that inclusion of the scene, but also brought up something that I hadn't thought of about why the remake exists at all. And it's actually there. They're actually quite intertwined. So the original Annie, she's Ginger. And Ginger for a reason. Uh, I didn't realise, but she's actually Irish. Yes. And in the 1930s and in the 1980s, the Irish were quite discriminated against. That's why Annie and Little Orphan Annie, that's why she she was uh, Irish in in the original comic books as well. In the comic strips, sorry. And that's the same reason goes for the remake. That's why she's uh, black in the remake. It's about representation. Hey. And I started doing some... <gasps> I didn't mm. know that. She also has a pretty crazy history yeah, in some of the there's comics. there's loads of history in the comics. So I started researching uh, Harold Gray, who created the comic strips. And there was a whole load of history around Annie as a character. But one of the main triumphs of the Annie comics was representation. So not just for Annie, but for um, uh, Italian-Americans, Chinese-Americans and other minorities Mm. in the 1930s, which in the 1930s, putting representation like that would be quite the controversy. But it turns out Annie's origins are all, it's all about representation and that's so important. Oh, I never knew. And I mean, this is why I wanted to do do Mm. musicals. Because, you know, I, I've watched a lot of musicals and I enjoy them, but I never knew any of this. So yeah. thank you, Stu. I feel, I feel proper enlightened now. That's what, I need to yeah. re-watch it now, just so I can really yeah. appreciate it. That's awesome. That's so cool. I actually meant something different about the comic. One of the things about the old comics is they have, like, a weird extended universe and stuff. Okay. So she, when she became big the comics sort of started getting bigger as well. So, like, she became, like, the country's sort of image of young people doing their bit for the war and stuff. So in mm. the comics, she, like, parachutes into Germany. 
as part of a youth like military group it's insane and it just the list of weird shit annie has done is crazy so could we get an annie cinematic universe is she gonna team up with the avengers is is disney gonna jump on that and we could do a marvel (laughs) crossover is she gonna be the new lead of the female adventure? I could see that Annie and Captain America throwing the mighty shield. She fights Red Skull. I would be down for that. Oh shit! Iron Man's daughter becomes Annie because Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I yeah. love that. I love oh. that. <laughs> right, Matt, you're round. So what? What's the points on that? Both, both me and Matt. We both got the movie. So two points to Amy and one point to Matt. So Miss Fisk is currently in the lead. Okay. Yes. All right. This review is called I Like It, It's Fun. fun. This movie has no real substance and a well-worn plot, similar to Burlesque, but two years later. A small business that represents genuine art to the main characters being saved by true believers and moneyed interests. But this time in comedy with ridiculous circumstances, a jukebox rock soundtrack, and some excellent but musically questionable casting. I can't wait to see it on stage. That's review one. Interesting. Not many clues. We all watched Burlesque together, mm. didn't we? We did. On Netflix party. Okay, so I kind of know what sort of time era we're thinking yeah. of then. A few of the reviews mentioned Burlesque, actually. If it's the movie I'm thinking of, I can see the direct comparison. All right, review number two. I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, that one was eight out of ten. Ooh. Review number two. Great concept, pure poorly executed. I've been to see the stage show in the West End, and it was simply phenomenal. So when I heard there was a movie, I was really excited to see it. I was disappointed. The cast are awful, music excellent, plot changed. The cast were wrong, they should have all been able to sing. It wasn't even funny. The ones who couldn't sing were clearly trying to sing and didn't really realise they couldn't. For example, Russell Brand, awful, bad singer, not funny. Catherine Zeta-Jones, decent singer but tried too hard. The plot is completely different than it was on stage and not in a good way. Some characters were missing completely and the story of Drew and Sherry was completely different. The music was the only good thing in this movie. I adore 80s rock music, but the way the cast sang it, it made it sound like a modern pop song, because none of them had rock voices. To sum up, don't buy the film. Save your money and go see it on stage. And if you have watched the film already, do not be put off. The musical is much better. Four out of ten. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, if it's the movie I'm thinking of. I think me and Amy both, we won't say it, but I think I know what it is. <laughs> uh, but okay. I watched it with an ex. She loved it. I was baffled by it just baffled <laughs> i've not i've not seen it's, the it's... stage production but i have seen queen's um we will rock you so i completely mm. understand that that kind of musical i think it is m- much harder to translate onto the screen i think than yeah. than other stage musicals view number three alec baldwin did a stage dive and dot 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 i'm not trying to fat shame him but i wouldn't want to be the guy he landed on <laughs> as for the film <laughs> he's not even that fat in the movie (laughs) as for the film I think I really enjoyed that bit Jack Black did the same thing as for the film it's pretty decent and I personally think they managed to mix up rock songs into a Broadway, Broadway type of musical nicely yes it has a very basic and repeated formula to the storytelling and the final third of the movie felt quite weak but it still tied off most of its loose ends quite quite nicely Tom Cruise was an absolute standout here when it came to all-round performances, but everybody did very well in their roles. As much as I did enjoy it, I can't see myself ever watching this again. Once feels like enough. Now let's all join Scientology. 7 out of 10. <laughs> That's the reason why I didn't rewatch it. Okay. 
this this time round because I just I don't want to watch anything with Tom Cruise in anymore. Sorry. <laughs> I got to the scene where Tom Cruise starts singing at that woman's ass, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's when I knew this movie was over for me. Okay, so you both know the movie. I love how I love how all star it is though because you do see these yeah. all stars just doing like <laughs> stage dives. Okay. Yeah. okay, on three and to the beat of three, we will say it. Are you ready, Amy? One, two, two three. Rock, Rock ages. ages. You are both correct. <laughs> the moment you mentioned Russell Brand, I was absolutely certain. But um, when you compared it to yeah. Burlesque and said it was a dying brand trying to be saved, I'm like, where else have I said? Oh, Rock of Ages. They're going to sell out <laughs> to the big company, but yeah. they're trying not to. I couldn't find enough reviews that weren't just smothered in way too many clues. Because everyone mentioned all of the <laughs> cast names. <laughs> And I just went with these because they had funny bits. It's such a great big <laughs> it cast. Is. It is a good cast. I'm going to assume you've not seen the stage show then, Matt. Um, <laughs> I can't answer that because you have to guess the review, you cheating bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to work out, is Matt sexually attracted to Alec Baldwin? I think he might be. <laughs> he is a strong man. I'm tempted I'm tempted by le- the review man. number three simply because of the Scientology joke. That sounds like something you would say. <laughs> but mm, I does. don't think you would say that beginning that bit. Can you give me the titles again? All right, so the first title was I Like It, It's Fun. The second one was Great Concept, Poorly Executed. And the third one was Fat Shaming. I don't know. Matt's been to the gym quite a lot recently, so he might... I'm going to say Fat Shaming. Okay, I'm going to go three. You both say three. You are both wrong. <gasps> oh... I, I did the I like it, it's fun. I, I genuinely enjoy that. I haven't seen the musical though. Aww. There were parts watching it where I was like, I want to see them do this on stage because I can imagine how they would do it. Like the bit where they've got, there's a bit at the end where they've got the protesters on one side and the people yeah. who want to be in the building on the other side and they're like carrying around the fence between them and I can very much imagine that being on stage mm. with two groups and them just carrying the fence. I actually loved that. That's uh, that sequence where they combine. We built this city, we're, and we're not going to take yeah. this. I loved that sequence when I was watching mm. it. Like the individual songs were great, but just I can't get that image of Tom Cruise singing at that woman's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I found that scene hilarious. I, I watched the movie with my girlfriend. So. It's baffling. It is baffling. I I genuinely really enjoyed it, and like all of the weird like stupid campiness i just sort of enjoyed more <laughs> like the bit where russell brand and um Alec baldwin fall in love not Alec uh, that was sweet i, I like that yeah that was actually nice guys i think this is a walked out trip to the west end to watch absolutely Rock of ages mm. at some point the west end yes. sponsored by walked out so after that round where are we at guys with points you are on three I'm on one, and Stuart is on one, so you're our week's winner. I knew I had three, I just wanted to hear you guys say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Rub salt in that wound. That's why I picked musicals, because I would win. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've done both of the games, do you want to talk about West Side Story, Stuart? (laughs) I couldn't sit through West... I was on my phone for the entire fucking second half of that movie. I'm there and I'm, it was such a slog. Oh, it took me two days. <laughs> With the slow-ass beginning and the middle bit. Now, the ten-minute interlude. <laughs> I'm not going to shit on this movie too much. That It's a product of its time. But 
It was mm. made in 1960. What year was it made? 65, I 65. think. 65. It was made after Sound of Music. Um, yeah. And it was made after so many greats. How could they get it so... <laughs> like, how could they get a pacing it is an so extremely, wrong? It is an extremely direct-to-camera adaptation. Like, yeah. I remember realising at one point, apart from the bit where... Uh, I can't remember her name. The one who sings I Like to Be in America. Um, the Bernardo's um, girlfriend, wife. Did you did you enjoy the songs? I enjoyed though, the songs. Yeah. I enjoyed the sequence mm. where Michael, where Mike and the Juliet character met. I thought that was a very creative scene. And I'm like, mm. oh, across the room, they see each other. I thought, oh, that's nice. But I, I feel like it's not a, a musical movie. It's a dance movie. Like, if it was a ballet or if I was watching it, actually watching it on stage, I'd be like, oh, well, that's some nice choreography. But it's not choreography. It's just something they took a million takes to make sure they got it right. And then... Oh, I see what you get. See, to bring back what I was saying, it's like a very direct move from stage. And like, apart from having actual sets, they've not done much to make it cinematic. Yeah. Because like, apart from the scene where Anita's getting assaulted which in retrospect was like really quite affecting actually the way they have like i like to be in america playing in the background Mm. as like an acoustic version not acoustic instrumental version but like apart from the scene where she's getting assaulted the camera almost never moves it points at people and it cuts between shots but it doesn't move yeah there's a lot of really good transitions but it's very but i quite like the way that a lot of the images are very symmetrical and I'm yeah. I'm quite um, a big fan of very symmetrical sort of Wes Anderson sort of set up shots. So I quite like it, but I do see what you mean. That is cool. Like all of the scenery looks really nice. Like the backgrounds are like painted really well. The settings are cool, but they don't really use them like a movie would. The songing, the the songs are fine the on their own. The the dancing is fine on its own. But it doesn't make a movie. I, I'm not watching a movie to just watch a stage show on a 2D screen. If I wanted to watch a play, I'd watch right, a play. Yeah. If I want to mm-hmm. watch a film, I'd watch a film. They are very different. The songs themselves, some of the bits were quite forgettable. Like when they're singing about put, rallying mm-hmm. the boys to take down the uh, the sharks, etc. That bit, I'm like, okay, I'm going to forget this in five minutes. I'm not going to be singing that in the bathroom. I'm going to forget that. <laughs> Uh, the love song between um, Mike and the girl. I'm going to forget that. Apart from I Like to Be in America, there's not much memorable oh, songs, no, really. I, I feel, feel pretty. pretty. So oh, so pretty. pretty. Oh, that one. <laughs> Which I think uh, Anger Management did a better job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... Because I hadn't seen this movie growing up, That Anger Management was the first time I'd heard that song. Yeah. And then I watched this oh, no. this week, and I was like, oh, this is what that's from. Yeah. I wish there was more music. I wish there was. I wish there was more of it, and I wish it had been done more creatively. But I feel like the person just yeah. thought, "Yeah, just take what they did on stage mm. and put it on in a cinema, and that'll be enough." It might have worked back then. Mm. I'm sure there's a reason this movie is remembered and why it's iconic. But it doesn't work for this 21st century man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it clearly broke a lot of ground in some ways. Mm but in a way that someone has to point out to you now if you don't know about it. I think there was one moment that really got to me where I was like, when I was thinking about the adaptation from 
Romeo and Juliet and stage to screen, there was a bit the wedding, the bit where they just decide to marry each other <laughs> kneeling yeah. on the floor with like a cross-shaped window in the background. And I was like, clearly they couldn't work out how to get these characters married. So they just did it. And clearly they couldn't work out how to make this look like a wedding mm. without using like stage lighting. Because you could see that they were clearly trying to do a stage thing mm. where that transition works if you're on stage and you change all the lighting. Because if you change it like that and then shine the thing in the background, your audience just transitions to like, oh, they're not really in the room. Whereas on camera, you could still see they are where they are. They're not actually getting married. That's just a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. it's a fantasy and they're like, yeah, they're mm. sort of... Vegas marrying each other yeah. just nearly even though Vegas yeah. marriage is legal it's, to me, it was because of that movie why I was almost put off watching The Sound of Music but Amory twisted my arm and said come on let's watch Sound of Music because Amy <laughs> I knew one of your girlfriends was gonna really push you towards this I was wondering who it's gonna yeah. be yeah. I told Amy, I told Anne-Marie that you had said this and she got very excited about the perps and when she, and she was horrified when she realized I'd never watched Sound of Music but I watched it Sound of Music was the highlight of my week I loved it I didn't realize how good it was um and Matt definitely have you watched Sound of Music I have not You should watch it I would definitely recommend it it's not mm. a west side story it is a really good story very fun music musical which I cannot stress this enough, music, music, music throughout. Like, that's all I want from a musical, not 20 minutes of <laughs> finger snapping and ballet. Oh, yeah. And then some forgettable songs. But I guess that's, that's the beauty with Sound of Music is that when they do have dance scenes, um, it's either sort of like an intro, outro, and they're sort of wrapping, wrapping it up. But they, they cinematically, they <laughs> yeah. use the props as well. So the 17 song, they use mm. the beautiful little, um, mm. um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, but sort of wooden gazebos. Um, and, they, and they play it out in there. It's, mm. it's lovely. All right. So, Stuart, did you watch Les Miserables? Because you uh, mentioned no. it on WhatsApp, and I didn't know if you watched it this week or if you'd just seen it. Oh, no, I've seen the beginning of it, but I didn't... I watched the beginning of it a while ago, but I didn't enjoy it because... Uh, I'll give. I'll sum up my thoughts in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I dreamed a dream. Oh, time gone by! It is a miserable film. <laughs> <laughs> you must sing or act, you know? It, okay, you can portray hardship and being downtrodden without actually crying while you're singing. I don't want to hear you snivelling mm. about all over my music. But that's that's why they won the Oscar, because <laughs> instead of lip-syncing any of those songs, oh. he sang it in the moment, in front of the cameras, so that was sort of the... The breaking, the breaking thing about that, about that film. So you have to, you have to appreciate that Anne Hathaway... Dude. I can appreciate. I find that made some of the songs weird, the live singing. Do you want me to repeat? I'll sing it again. Because it meant that, like, obviously no one else could be on set when they do the live singing. So they just punch in on everyone. You can't <laughs> see anyone else. And it's just them basically singing to camera or directly to each other. <laughs> I did really like it, though. Like, Le Miserable is pretty excellent, actually. Yeah. Like, there's there's some bad singing in there, but I just immediately got over it and forgot about it. It is wonderfully cinematic, mm. though. Oh, yeah, it's well made. There are, there are some, some yeah. lovely shots in there. 
and and it does flow yes. really nicely. It was very cinematic. Like they they wave the camera the fuck around. They like fly mm. over boats and shit. And you're like, oh, they just did this because they couldn't do that on stage, <laughs> didn't they? But that's why. That's what you should be doing. Maybe <laughs> they'd have to throw like a set at the audience to do this shot on stage. <laughs> the stuff you can't do on stage, that's what you need to mm. add when you yes. do it on screen. And I yeah. find that especially well, with... Is, you don't need to add it for the sake of adding it, though. Some mm. of them were pretty I think gratuitous. one of the biggest struggles yeah. with um, stage to screen is what do you keep, what don't mm. you keep? So let's take... I mean, I'm just going to say it. Cats, right? I've not seen it, <laughs> but apparently it didn't go very well. And I think one of the big... Root, you keep the is One of the big, big problems <laughs> is that cats, the, the um, costume design is absolutely iconic with cats, right? The, the skin-tight leotards, yes. completely iconic. Mm, so they were the like, oh, we need to keep that for the film because that's, you know, good fan service. People will be angry at us if we didn't keep that costume design. And I kind of, I do think that maybe, mm. yeah, there, there is a division of this world that would be angry that they didn't keep the original costume design. <laughs> but there is such a larger proportion of the world who haven't gone to go see cats and bringing it to screen is supposed to make it more yeah. accessible. Maybe they won't understand the costume choices. It basically had the same problem as Green Lantern with the CGI mask, where, like, it would have looked kind of shit but worked a lot better if they'd just given them something to wear mm. you think if it was if it was less like CGI if they'd literally been more... in the costumes but higher budget I heard it would have been better stories that the people behind the CGI they were horribly I, I don't know if this is true I don't have a source for this and stuff but I heard stories that they were horribly overworked and had like loads of shit going yeah, on they hit there. out a lot mm. apparently it was pretty development mm. hell yeah. When people were criticising, they really hit back out at them. Oh, I just thought of something. To roll back to Le Miserable a bit, what you were saying about crying during the song, you won't have seen this if you've only seen the beginning, but there's a bit later in the movie where a character is singing a sad song and it cuts to a child who sheds a single tear, <laughs> and I thought, fuck you, movie. <laughs> you don't fucking get to single tear your own movie, your own song, son of a bitch. <laughs> I am interested, though, to see which of you can name the most musicals. So instead of a round of uh, shooting blanks, pew, 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 we could play a game of uh, quick fire, wah, 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 like a duel. So, Matt, you'd okay. start off yes. with, with a musical. Stuart, you've got to say another musical. And then the first person who... Can't think of any more musicals. Uh, losers. Okay, so Matt, you start. I will start with Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, here we go again. West Side Story. The uh, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Cats. One elephant, two elephants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sound of Music. A Star is Born. Les Mis. Oh, that was going to be my one. Uh, Rock of Ages. Burlesque. Uh... Stop picking mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Annie. One Um, Rocket Man. (laughs) The Producers. 
Um, elephant. The elephant. Three um, elephant. That's the winner. Fuckers. Oh. I was I was tempted to go Disney, but I'm well feeling that I'd be pushing it because then we'd be all night. And oh, yeah, you'd guess... be going back and forth of <laughs> Disney film. So I am the winner, Matt. You are second place. Not that it means anything. And Thank sure, you. you're last place, but that's okay because <laughs> again, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Poor little orphan, Stuart. Poor little orphan. Well, thank you guys for joining us for today's episode on musicals. We have next week is quite a special episode. Matt, you are hosting. Have you had a thought as to what the theme will be next week? Space sci-fi. Okay. So it has to be set in space or do planets count? Set in space or like in some way very much about space okay so they can visit earth but it's not based on earth yes i feel like we're going yes. straight back to right. stuart's Next comfort week's... zone <laughs> he's he's had a week of of musicals that is a little bit why I now the pair of you just scurrying straight back <laughs> you need a recovery it's week basically that meme of the guy running out of his comfort zone to slap a button then immediately running back in <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, please uh, keep the conversation going on our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Walked Out Pod on both of those. Uh, we also have our own Twitters, but as Matt says, why would you follow us? Don't. Yeah. No one follows that. You can, uh, you can follow me on at, at Nimsudo on Twitter. You can friend me on Facebook, get me on WhatsApp. Uh, send me your phone number and like, I'll give you my house phone uh, Instagram, Twitter get my Google Plus Google Plus, that's an important one uh, come to my house, we'll have some drinks I'll cook you some food, watch some <laughs> movies um, talk to my mum and I think, I think that's about it <laughs> okay <laughs> right, we'll see you next week okay guys, thanks for joining us yeah, I've I, been Amy see you next week everyone I've been Stuart I've been Matt thanks guys